Welcome to the After the Timeout podcast, hosted by Todd Zazadon and John Felicki. We have an awesome guest today, Amanda Crockett, head women's basketball coach at North Park University. We have a great conversation with Coach Crockett about being Miss Basketball Ohio, recruiting, coaching Division Three, the WNBA's exposure to younger players, and challenges for today's players. Hope you enjoy. So we like to start off with our favorite segment, the opening tip. It's our, our first segment. We just get to know our guests, you know, get to get to loosen them up a little bit. So we found out through doing our homework that in 1995, you finished your career as both a state champ and Miss Ohio basketball. So we were just curious from you, maybe some of your favorite memories from that senior season. Yeah, well, it was a long time ago. Um <laughs> But it, it was a significant uh, accomplishment, you know, it was a really big deal and, um, you know, our, uh, what I remember most is just how the community came together and really supported us um, and girls basketball at that time and, um, you know, we, we played in front of packed gyms and, and just had a lot of support. Um, and, and what I remember most is just all the friendships, you, you know, that I made along the way, you know, uh, friends and, and teammates from high school that I'm still close with today. Um, my, my former high school coach, you know, I'm still close with him today. We would run a basketball camp every summer. He just retired um, last year and he's like the most, I think he's won the most games in all of Ohio. Um, so a very uh, renowned coach and um, yeah, it was just, it was a real uh, positive experience and, um, you know, everyone just kind of came together and supported us, which was just such a big deal back then. All right, so let's get into uh, kind of this year. We like to let our, our coaches just, as we're starting the season here, right, we're, we're about to kick it off. You guys will probably have another week or so before you start? Yeah, our first weeks. game is uh, November 5th. Yeah. Good. So just, you know, what what's going on in your program? Uh, coaches you know some players you want to highlight even even you know the conference anything in the conference that's going on really excited about this season um we're very senior um we're all conference players for us uh, Jayla Johnson has been all conference all three years um she just scored her 1000th point um as a junior last year um and Emily Chuahowski is also a senior and um she was all conference last year and is our leading like three-point shooter um, and we have other seniors that are really ready to step up and, um, and, and I, we just received the preseason rankings. I think we're at, we're third in conference, um, which makes sense. Last year, we finished third the year before we finished third in conference, you know, so our goal is, is to win it, you know, and go to the NCAA tournament. Um, I think we have the tools to do it. Um, we also have a great coaching staff. Um, our assistant coach, Annie Shane, uh, she's been with us um, as a full-time assistant for four years. She played for me. She was a grad assistant for us. Um, and then when I'm going to be away on maternity leave for a little bit here, um, she will be uh, taking over the reins. Um, we also have a, a graduate assistant coach, um, Ayana Wilson, and two part-time assistants um, that are helping us out as well. Yes, I remember Emily from Taft uh, making three yeah. for my team. So uh, we can talk about <laughs> that off the air. But yes, I, I do remember much of your personnel. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we wanted to get to, you know, as a high level player, you went through the recruiting process yourself, obviously. So mm-hmm. first of all, kind of take us through what it was like to go through the process for yourself as an athlete, and then kind of what eventually led you to choosing the school that you did. And then maybe mm-hmm. from that experience, you know, now as a coach, how do you help players in the process and kind of sell your program to them? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, Back when I played in high school, it was so different, you know, um, you weren't able to just go to all these tournaments and be seen, you know, you, uh, you played AAU basketball because you tried out and you made the team, there weren't as many AAU programs, they were very select, and then you had to win your state tournament to go on to the national tournament and be seen by college coaches, um, so it, it, it was different, um, and then, you know, nowadays, um, you know, you can, we can go out and see so many kids over the summer play. Um, and for us, the biggest challenge is, um, you know, connecting with those recruits, building relationships, um, because we're NCAA division three, you know, our recruiting pool is a little bit larger than what it would be at a division one school. Um, because we're not offering, you know, that, that, that full ride athletic scholarship, it's a little bit different. Um, but, you know, it, it is the same in that you're looking for, uh, you know, kids who can play, high character kids who are going to impact and, and, and help your program. I want to follow up on that a little bit. Um, and obviously this past year, uh, I think we got more into technology, right? All mm-hmm. the games have been, most high schools are streaming. So if you need to see somebody, you can see them that way too. How has that helped you in the process, maybe kind of, you know, because a lot of the times before you would go, you'd have a player in mind. Uh, you know, we've all done it. John did it. And I, I did it when I coached Harper Lake. And you're like, okay, yeah, I wish I would have known that before, you know, or saw something like that be- before I got there. So how has that helped kind of for you guys streamline maybe the process a little bit to where you can kind of, it's not the same as seeing them in person, but see them on video and kind of maybe confirm or, mm-hmm. you know, develop opinions that way. Yeah. It- it's helped, um, you know, we were able to utilize the, the streaming, you know, during the COVID year last uh, high school season, um, you know, but like you said, it's not the same um, seeing them in person, um, getting a gauge for them, uh, you know, speed, skill-wise competition, who are they playing against, you know, um, can be challenging. So I'm still a big fan of seeing players, you know, prospects play in person, making that face-to-face connection with them, you know, because we're in CAA division three, we are allowed to talk to them after games. You're allowed to talk to parents during games. When you're watching it via live stream, you're not going to get that connection with the player. Um, But at least it is a tool that we can use to evaluate, especially out of state Um, recruits are a little bit further away. It's more difficult for us to get to games. We most definitely utilize that tool. All right. All right. So let's go ahead. I was just going to follow up really quick. Um, I'm just curious of maybe a funny or interesting story from recruiting, you know, Todd and I, as we both said, you know, did a little bit of recruiting on the college level ourselves. We all have those, those interesting recruiting stories of you know, maybe waiting in the bowels of a gym to see a kid or talk to a parent and a funny story. Do you have any kind of, you know, funny or more interesting story of, of a recruitment of a kid? 
excited to, to see a prospect play, go travel. It, it could be an hour, a couple hours to see her play. And then all of a sudden you get to the high school game, game starts and she picks up two fouls right away. <laughs> and then sits the bench and then you're just like sitting there like, oh man. And then the kid's not happy. And then you're just like, oh, <laughs> you know, and, and then, and then, you know, she's not into the flow of the game. And so second half starts and then it's just not the best game. And you're kind of like, well, that kind of stinks. Um, so that's something that, um, you know, we joke around as a coaching staff, like, oh yeah, typical foul trouble right now. <laughs> They're not in the game. Um, so that's something we see on occasions. Um, but yeah, there's random stuff that'll, that'll pop up, you know, um, uh, just traveling to a game and, you know, I've gotten to games like super early. I got the game time wrong or got the, um, something wrong between central and Eastern time. That's been an issue if we go to a game in Indiana. <laughs> um, but all in all recruiting is, um, it's, it, it's a fun process. It's a fun process for coaches getting to know recruits. And I'm hoping that recruits enjoy, you know, get to enjoy it as well. Although it can be a bit, um, you know, frustrating and challenging too. Yeah. Those are one of those situations where you're like, okay, we, let's look at some, we got to try to find somebody else here to maybe to get my notes on to make the, make the trip, trip, trip worth it too. Um, yeah. so I want to go back to when you first took over at North park. Um, what are some of the things that you had as, as your core that laid the foundation, the things that you thought you were important uh, and kind of why did you decide on things? And then over the course of obviously you take over, you're like, hey, I got these great ideas. And now you, you get into it. And now you've been there, you know, uh, you've been there for a while now, you know, like what, what are some of those things maybe changed and how you kind of morph those ideas into where you are today? Mm hmm. Well, one thing um, I've, I've always found helpful ever since I started at North Park is to focus on the things that we can control as a coaching staff and as a team. So as a team, um, you know, we focus um, on, on three things. Number one, effort and attitude. Every player, every coach can, can um, control that. Um, number two, defense. We control we control our effort on the defensive end. And number three, uh, rebounding the basketball. We control that. We're going to have off shooting nights. It's going to happen. We we're going to go cold at times. But if we can control those three things, then we're putting us in a great position to win basketball games. Um, and then off the court, you know, focusing on the things that as a coaching staff that we can control you know, our efforts in recruiting, um, you know, there's, there's some financial aid things that we can't control, you know, um, everyone does what they can and you do what you can as an institution, but there's things that are just out of your control and you can't focus on that. You got to let, let some of those things go and move on. Um, so that's what I've, I've started with and kind of what we've learned, um, throughout the years. So kind of take us through, and, and I, I've coached Division Three myself, so I, I do know the, the greatness of it, but, you know, kind of take us through what you enjoy most about coaching, you know, D3. You'd previously, obviously, yourself played D1. You, you kind of assisted on the D1 level as well. So what made you interested, first of all, in North Park, and then obviously what made you interested and stayed for a long time in the Division Three level? 
I played at NIU, um, you know, really enjoyed my experience there um, playing division one. And, um, you, you know, when I, when I, I always knew I wanted to coach at the collegiate level, you know, when I got into high school and college. So a job opened up at the university of Chicago, which is NCAA division three. And, um, thankfully, you know, I, I was hired as a full-time assistant there and I, I, I loved it. Um, I loved the high academic environment. I loved um, the balance that Division Three provides, um, balance for the athletes, balance for the coaches. Um, and I loved being in Chicago. So when I was, I was at the University of Chicago for four years um, and, and then I just, I, I didn't wanna leave the city um, and then a job opened up at UIC, which is division one. And then I got the division one experience and um, I was there for four years as well. You no know, NCAA division three and in a great conference, highly competitive. Um, so it, it, it all worked out. I was able to stay in Chicago um, and each school offered something different and unique, um, but I really like the small school environment and all it has to offer. I want to follow up on that a little bit. And I, you know, obviously you went through that process, you played at a high level. Um, and I feel like that's not that those aren't good coaches, but I feel like coaches now, they don't necessarily have to play at that high level or coached at D1 like it used to be. It used to be like you had to have that experience. You had to have played at a high level, coached at a high level to, to get some of these uh, head coaching jobs and even assistant jobs. So how have you seen that change over the years where maybe some different backgrounds have come in and, and now they're, they're jumping into the coaching ranks and they're, they're really good coaches, but maybe they didn't play at Northern Illinois like you did or, or, or start out at that division one level of coaching, had that experience. Yeah. I mean, I I've seen a uh, very successful um, college coaches who, you know, jumped from high school coaching to, collegiate coaching. You know, if you look at um, uh, Sherry Cole, who was at Oklahoma, you know, she went from high school and jumped right, right into Oklahoma. So, um, you know, if you work hard and you're successful, what you do and you're willing to learn and study the game, like you don't have to be, you know, a, a division one athlete, you know, you can learn the game um, as a student, um, as a manager, I've seen people jump into like the director of basketball ops positioning and, um, you know, uh, work their way up from there as well. So there's different paths you can take to get into coaching. So, you know, obviously each year you have a, a different team, you have different combinations. Um, but we wanted to talk to you a little bit about some of the things you, you obviously mentioned defense and rebounding. So I, I'm assuming a lot of those things, those concepts stay the same, but what are some of the things you do offensively and defensively each year, no matter what? Um, and then, you know, kind of how did you decide on those concepts? And then what are you doing with your players to get them to buy into those concepts each year? Because, you know, each year's each year's a little bit different. Mm -hmm. I agree. Each year is very different. Um, so what we do as a coaching staff, we, we have to – so the, the last couple years, we have been real successful with, with our man-to-man uh, -man defense. Um, last year, we were first in the conference. Uh, we, we, were, we were only giving up 55 points a game, so we were first defensively. 
um, you know, it's, it's been what's worked for us. Um, so defensively man-to-man defense, however, there have been a few years in the past and how to anticipate it and it helped us win games. So I'm not a stubborn coach that says, Hey, we're going to play this way every single year. Um, but our man-to-man has been our staple. Um, on the offensive end, again, you, you know, we have to see where we're at as a team, what our strengths are, what our weaknesses are. Um, we've been very strong in the post. Um, so we've been running a lot of four out one in to get our post players the ball. Um, and we've also had guards who can really get to the rim. So we've also run some ball screen offense with that as well. Um, but again, that'll vary year to year. Um, but our, our, you know, each And then if we don't, then we're going to move the ball and work for the best shot. She makes it sound so easy. I I just, you know, just man to man, just move the ball, get the best shot. I'm (laughs) I'm in for that anytime. Simple game, right? (laughs) Um, So I want to, I want to take the next question kind of in two parts. First, I want you to talk about um, obviously preparing for the season for your, you and your team and your coaching staff. But then I also, I, I want to take it to a second part. And, and obviously, you know, you have kids yourself and a family yourself. I kind of want to know from you personally, and we've asked coaches this before about work-life balance, but also about kind of preparing your family for the season. Because we know as coaches that, you know, the, the best way to, to be a coach and have a great program is you kind of have to sink yourself into it a little bit. So, mm-hmm you know, kind of take us through, obviously, first, how to prepare that team at North Park, but then second, how to prepare that team at home. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, you know, the preparation for our team starts in the preseason, our girls work out with our uh, strength and conditioning coaches. um, And they're, you know, they're committed group of girls. So, you you know, they they work hard in the preseason to get their bodies ready for when we start practice. Um, we just started practice October 17th, so we haven't been going that long. Um, but uh, focusing a lot on the fundamentals, getting them sharp, getting them ready, um, and finding that fine line between how much do we work on defense and how much do we work on offense. And again, that varies with who we are as a team. Um, last year, we had a pretty veteran team. Um, so we didn't have to spend a ton of time on the defensive end in practice. Uh, we could spend a little bit more time on the offensive end. Um, this year, you, you know, we, we did graduate last year who were our best defenders. So, you know, working those, those newer players into what we're trying to get defensively. So a lot of teaching is going on right now. Um, at the same time, we like to bring our girls in for skill work. So today, you know, instead of getting up and down and practicing, because yesterday we had a scrimmage, we brought them in and, you know, in pairs, you know, two at a time. And we got a lot of of reps, basic fundamentals, game shots, um, a lot of shooting, some ball handling in there. Um, And we do that throughout the season uh, to to develop our players and to and to stay sharp uh, with our with our basic fundamentals. as far as preparing my family, um, you know, thankfully my husband is real supportive. Um, he understands how the season goes and how busy it can get. Um, and you just kind of have to be ready for anything, you know, when you have young kids and, 
Um, thankfully, North Park is supportive of that and um, it is a family environment. So if I have to take them to a practice, it's, it's, it's okay. Um, but yeah, just having all the <laughs> childcare, everything in place, you know, um, which is a juggle, but it all works out. I'm, I'm right there with you, coach. Our provider practices are, there's four or five kids there sometimes just running, running around. So it's, yeah. it's, it's all good. <laughs> that's it's kind the, of, it, that's just the coaching staff. He's not even talking about their kids. Right, exactly. <laughs> we had, so we had an awesome NBA, WNBA season here, right. With, with the sky. Um, and, and I really felt even last year, one of the best things that came out of COVID was the, the, the bubble for women's basketball and it being on more prime time. Um, and obviously women's basketball in the WNBA has been big time for a long time, but I, I want to talk to you a little bit about like, the impact of the sky and the, and the WNBA has had on, 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 on girls and women's basketball here, one in the city, but mm -hmm. also, uh, you know, it's becoming so much more popular and, and bigger nationwide. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's been great. Um, our, our players, uh, you know, like to watch it. Um, you know, they follow the teams and they get into it. Um, and, you know, uh, two years ago, we were able to get to a game. Um, of course, last year, because of COVID, we couldn't. And then this year, um, our girls got to go to a couple playoff games. Um, a good friend of mine is, is, is the strength coach for the Chicago Sky. And so she, um, she was able to have our girls work the game where they were, they got to rebound for the players, got to sit court side and they, they just, they loved it. It was great. They got to actually interact with the, with the athletes and everything. So um, that was a, a really cool experience for them. So we, we wanted to actually hit on an interesting question and I, I will give credit to, to Todd. This was his, but um, something about uh we want to talk to you about challenges for today's players how do we as coaches adapt to meet the needs of athletes today i think so many coaches especially older coaches they're like well you know the athletes of today they're different but you know it's our job as coaches to adapt to our athletes not our athletes mm -hmm. to adapt to us you know mm -hmm. what are what are some ways that you may kind of relate to your athletes create those relationships and then you know adapt and coach today's athletes Mm hmm. Well, one thing I found is, is that, you know, the athletes sometimes just want to be heard. And uh, for, for me, I found that, that it's helpful to just sit and listen, you know, listen to what they have to say, uh, listen to what's what's going on um, in their personal life, what's going on in school, you know, um, we intentionally meet with each player individually, you know, once a week, you know, on our, within our coaching staff. And that's to make sure they're doing okay. They're doing okay in the classroom. They're doing okay socially, emotionally, they're, and they're doing okay on the basketball court. You know, we, we wear many hats as a coach and it's not just X's and O's. X's and O's is probably 10% of it really. 90% of it is managing your team and, um, you know, helping them through the, their, their college years, you know, and, and just, uh, 
being that extra ear for them. Um, I don't know if they've changed. I think all this social media stuff and everything that's out there, I think uh, maybe some of them have lost, it's easy for them to lose some self-esteem. So being an ear, listening to them and building them back up at times um, because it's, it's hard with everything that's out there right now. Yeah, and that, that's kind of when I thought of that question, that's kind of where I was going because, you know, when we when I played, I graduated in 2000, but none of this existed. Like you didn't have, you know, people being able to see you. Even, even their basketball stuff is now tweeted out all over the place and there's just recruiting service and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, I really like that of just listening, right? A lot of times it's just mm -hmm. listening and that, that kind of helps maybe not solve all the problems, but it, it kind of takes, it takes a burden off your, mm -hmm. off your players. And it's, it's so simple, but I feel like today it's listening's hard, right? There's, mm -hmm. there's Twitter, there's text messaging, you know, not a lot of people phone calls. So the listening part is, is the hardest, the hardest part sometimes. Mm -hmm. So it we, just, we wanted to, it just means, ahead, I was just going to say, it just means we're old guys. That's all it means. No. It's old. <laughs> So we want to transition to our last uh, kind of fun segments here. First one we call 30 second timeout. Um, your, your dance floor, your diamond dance floor to talk about anything you want to talk about, something that's important to you, your family, um, a charity, even more about your, more about your program. Um, we'll, we'll make sure we'll be the assistant coaches and keep the referees from the first horn out of your, out of your timeout. We'll, we'll shoo them away, uh, <laughs> distract them a little bit. And, and, your your loose 30 seconds or however much time you need to talk about something that's that's important to you or something you want to talk about today okay um well yeah i mean my my family's really important um you know we're we're expecting our third here so i have two boys or seven and five uh they're definitely a handful um and this one's a girl so we're switching it up a bit <laughs> it's gonna be a game changer and um, yeah, the timing is interesting because I'm due any day now and season is right here. And, um, but it, it, it's been fun. Like our, the girls on the team are really excited. Um, um, my, you know, our coaching staff is excited. I have a great staff and, you know, they're ready to step in and I'm excited for, for our assistant coach. She's going to get some head coaching experience here. So um it'll all work out. Um, but yeah, that, that's something that, uh, that I'm excited about and it's going to happen here any day now. So, you know, you know, coach, I, I mean, I could make the joke that it'll be the easiest recruit that you've ever made on your team there, uh, coming up, but, um, you know, I, I really appreciate you taking the 30 seconds to talk about your family. I think that's really important. So thank you for that. Sure. Um, well, and we all know the little girl in about uh, three years will be run, running, running those boys around ragged and, and, and be, the, be the boss. So uh, yeah. that'll, 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 be, that'll be good for them, right? Humble, humble them a little bit. Yeah, they need it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so as we move into our last segment, we like to call it quick hitters. These are just fun questions. They could be basketball related. They could not be basketball related. I still think our, our most famous question is when we asked the coach their favorite zoo animal. Um, we don't have that one for you today, but uh, <laughs> either, these are just fun questions we will we'll get into to finish the episode. Okay, cool. 
All right. So the first one is most fun game you played in as a player. Um, our, my last game at NIU, uh, my best friend hit the game winner and it was, it was awesome. We beat Bowling Green on a game winner and it was, um, drawn up perfect. Look at that. She gave credit to the coach right there. Drawn up perfect. <laughs> All right. So we were, we were looking for your best road trip story. So it could be high school, college, coaching. It could be anything. Your best favorite story from the road trip. <sighs> There's a lot, <laughs> there's a lot that happens on the road. Um, and at North Park, we like to, tr to take a lot of road trips. We try to travel somewhere fun and different, like every year if we can, if not every other year. And I think it was like three years ago, maybe four, we went down to Atlanta and like five of our girls caught the worst stomach bug oh. ever. and it was not a fun trip for them. I'm not saying this was a great trip overall, but what was good about it is that we had these kids sick on the road, which was awful, but yet we had players that stepped up and who, who weren't getting a whole lot of playing time, but they were ready. They stepped up, they played great. We won our first game, our second game, we lost to a top 25 team by a couple points and it was just fun to see how the girls handled the adversity and we got through it. And the girls that were sick, the poor girls that were sick got through it. I mean, they had that stomach, like just throwing up, it was bad. And it hit like, as soon as we landed in Atlanta, it was just the strangest thing. Um, but things like that happen and you've got to be able to turn something, you know, turn that adversity into a positive and, and we did. And I, it, it ended up being a fun trip for those that were healthy. <laughs> All right. So the next one, um, you know, in your personal experience, a, a life lesson that, that you had um, that, that you think is important that you like to impart on, on your players, uh, you know, maybe it's a, a core habit uh, or something like that, but like a, a life lesson or even a life life hack that, you really try to focus on and help your players uh, knowing, you know, what's coming for them in the future. Yeah. So what, um, uh, well, similar to what I just mentioned, um, being able to embrace adversity when it comes your way and turn it into a positive, you know, we see it during a basketball game, the peaks and valleys of the game, the ups and downs and be able to, you know, when things aren't going your way, how do you respond? You know, that's the test of your true character. Um, so we talk about that a lot and then how it applies to life. You know, life is peaks and valleys, peaks and valleys. It's not going to be all just rosy and great. So how are you going to respond when things don't go your way? You know, are you going to embrace the adversity? Are you going to look in the eye and then turn it into a positive? Um, so we really talk about that quite a bit. I think that's a great one. Thank you. Um, uh, so we want to get into the best thing about coaching in the city of Chicago. It's great. You know, Chicago has so much to offer. There's so much to do. Um, we're on the north side. Um, we've got the L. We've got the bus. We've got, um, you know, all the Ubers and Lyfts. Um, 
you know, the girls can get downtown. We've got Foster Beach a couple miles away. Our girls will do like the beach workouts during preseason. And, um, it, it, you know, Chicago is just so fun and so vibrant. And there's so many different ethnic neighborhoods to explore and get out and restaurants. And um, a lot of our girls take advantage of that, which is great. And then academically, the internship opportunities that Chicago has to offer as well. All right, the next one's a hard hitting, hard hitting question. All right. This candy is all corn, time. Yes, yes, yes or no. All right. Candy corn, yes or no, because I was having a debate with my buddies about this the other day. I'm and then okay. your favorite Halloween candy. Uh candy corn, no. Yeah. Favorite, favorite Halloween candy, Snickers bars. There we go. Okay. All right. Like I'll take Snickers. it. I have a all theory right. you can tell a lot about a coach based on the candy corn answer. I, I think I'm gonna work on this, maybe, you know. Well, hold on. Just 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 for our listeners, coach. Now I want to know what Todd's favorite Halloween candy is on the on record here. Oh, it's gotta be milk duds. Oh, see, I don't think it's stuck in my teeth. Yeah, they are bad. No, you get them in the box of three. You wad them all up, like you know. I'm sure your your boys do, right? They they wad them all up, throw them in their mouth, and then you know. So I'm still a seven year old boy at heart. Yeah. Before we move on, for our listeners, mine is Reese's peanut butter cups. Uh, You can't go wrong. All right. So off of that, now that I put Todd on the spot with his favorite Halloween candy, uh, (laughs) as your uh, as a player, you're favorite play to get a shot like how did you like to get a shot uh I I would say you uh utilizing a ball screen I was more of a driver slasher um so ball screen you know getting in there creating last one your favorite food spot near North Park or in North Park charcoal delights oh yes Mm -hmm. okay there's uh there's a there's one in displays as well. Yeah, yeah. There's a few. So that charcoal mm-hmm. delights is a very good choice. Yeah. All right. So wait, before we let it go, what is the, your favorite thing at charcoal delights? I like the burger and the fries. Okay. Yeah. I also like the Greek salad and every now and then a hot dog, but yeah. Well, coach, we, uh, we really appreciate you joining us. We know that, uh, you are about to, uh, have your next child. So we appreciate you taking some time to join us before that. And, uh, we do wish you guys good luck this year at North park. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to another episode of the After the Timeout podcast, hosted by Todd Zazadil and John Plicky. For more show content and upcoming episodes, follow us on Twitter at After the Timeout or subscribe to our podcast for upcoming episodes. For show inquiries, you can email us at afterthetimeout at gmail.com. You can find all of our previous episodes on Anchor, Spotify, Breaker, Radio Public, Pocket Casts, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts by searching after the timeout. We appreciate you listening. Tune in next time for more coaching content in-game, out of the game, and anything in between.